0: Welcome to the Good Groin Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, coming at you from a chilly Macomb, Illinois. It is cold out there, but we do have a warm and fantastic show for you today, folks. We are going to be talking about gifts, for Gardeners, we're gonna have Jennifer Fishburne. She is a horticulture educator here with U of I Extension. Uh, but, but before we get to Jennifer, we got to introduce our hosts. We are joined by local foods educator Katie Parker in Adams County. Hello, Katie.
1: Hello, Chris. How are you doing?
0: Ah, I'm I'm doing wonderfully today. Uh the sun is shining. It's it was like 20 degrees when I went outside this morning. It's great. Yeah. Frosty. <laughs> this morning. is your
1: kind of weather?
0: I love it. The beard. You know the beard's really annoying, but it comes in handy uh, on days like today. So, how are you, Katie?
1: Oh, I'm doing well. It, like you said, the sun's shining. I went out over lunch, and it, it's turning out to be a beautiful day.
0: It is. It is. Yep. We I think we've acclimated to the cold already. We're we're just we're in our parkas now, our jackets uh, when it's like 30 degrees out. So yeah, this is this is normal. And then. Of course, we have to welcome our our Viking here, uh, Ken Johnson, horticulture educator in Jacksonville, Illinois. Hey, Ken.
2: Hello, Chris and Katie. And Chris, I'd like to know what's wrong with listening to Christmas music in July.
0: Um, that's weird. It's just weird. <laughs> are you not? You guys aren't like that? I mean, as soon as I, I, I am, get...
2: I am one of those people. You are? I, I did... Year round.
0: Year round. Okay. So we You're get serious?
2: To... Yeah. No, no. December twenty sixth comes and it's done. That's that's done. the worst day of the year. That's when they stop playing it on all the radio stations. <laughs> that's when I say it stops.
1: What's your favorite Christmas song, Ken?
2: It'd be either the Christmas song by Nat King Cole when he sings it, or White Christmas with Bing Crosby. Oh my goodness! One of those two. Love I the like the old, the old classic stuff. Mm-hmm. I think on our computer at home we've got four or five days worth of Christmas music on it. Wow, you just play that. You have like
0: smart speakers everywhere, the whole house is just booming with Christmas music. That's what we should do, but
2: yeah.
1: So you're yeah. like the exact opposite of the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> and once
2: my beard turns white, I'm gonna start dressing as Santa Claus. Oh my goodness,
1: I he... was in a webinar uh last week, I think and they asked us all if we had our christmas decorations up and there was one person that said i don't put christmas decorations up they're like aka the grinch
0: Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness Uh well Uh i i we have a a a big show today so i want to get uh to to our topic here at hand so uh katie can i would say what is the, your, your most favored garden gift that you've ever received? Katie, what was your favorite one?
1: Um, I haven't received a lot of garden gifts. I've received like, um, bird feeders. Oftentimes I ask for some, so I like to wear, um, these pair of hiking shoes when I garden because they're nice. Um, they're sturdy. And so I've gotten those before. um, And then this year, I asked for some, like, LED lights for growing inside so I can get an early start on producing um, some starts for the spring. Uh, But that's probably what I'd have to say.
0: Ken, what about you? What's your, like, the favorite garden gift that you've gotten?
2: Most favorite? That's like picking your favorite kid. (laughs) Um, The neighbor's kid. So... (laughs) One year we got a got a worm bin. That's been pretty fun. So as you guys may know, when you have kids, they don't eat like an entire apple, You just find half apples sitting around the house so you can throw that in the worm bin. Um, Last several years, my kids have gotten me some sort of tropical plant every year. So I've got miracle fruit, several different kinds of citrus dragon fruit. So just kind of random tropical fruiting plants.
0: Well, I'd say let's tell our significant others to tune in because we are going to welcome Jennifer Fishburne to the show to give us some help, some hints, or maybe Amy, my wife, uh, what are some good gifts for the gardener uh, in your life? Uh, Jennifer, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Well,
0: Jennifer, since you're new, this is your first time on the show, we must ask you The question that we ask everybody that first appears, um, why Extension? What brought you here? And as we were chatting before the show, uh, you were joking about that because you said, well, it's been a while. You say, okay, Jennifer, what has kept you in Extension?
3: Uh, Well, that's a good question. Uh, I've been with Extension for 23 years, serving the central Illinois area of Logan-Menard and Sagamon counties. Um, What's kept me here? I think it's the interaction with uh, people when you give face to face programs, also with the volunteers that we service. When I started, uh, we had 25 volunteers in Sagamon County. And currently, I um, provide assistance, I guess, to almost 200 volunteers in our unit through our Master Gardener and Master Naturalist programs. So I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy is the interaction. Um, not so much this year, we haven't been able to have those opportunities, um, uh, but the interaction with the volunteers, um, getting to know them and helping them, um, better serve our communities with the gardening projects that we do.
0: I, I think we can all echo that. We, we do kind of miss that face-to-face moments of, of interaction. Um, uh, that knowing that we, we've helped others solve problems, uh, contributed to our communities. So, uh, yeah, and we're, we're definitely feeling some of that loss, but we keep, uh, we, we've, we've adapted to our current year, and we're doing a lot more of this online work. And so we're, we're talking about gifts today, um, gifts that you might, well, probably a lot of us ordering online, um, but maybe one thing that we could also plug uh, also would be like our local locally owned uh, garden centers. A lot of them do carry the, the items that we're gonna talk about today. So you know, don't forget uh, some of the, the locally owned businesses in your area and, and feel free to uh, hit them up and see what they might have. So Jennifer, in terms of gifts for gardeners, what, what do you have for us? What, or, or <clears throat> I mean my wife, what, what do you have uh, to suggest?
3: <laughs> well, uh, number one, we'll start off with garden gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one example that I'm modeling here. Um, these are inexpensive. Um, our volunteers here in our unit actually sell these for their fundraisers when they can do so. Um, and these gloves here, what you'll notice is the back is breathable and then the front has, um, it's a little bit textured and rough, but it um, also is waterproof on this side. So you can easily pull those wet weeds when they're wet or damp um, and not get your hand all wet at the same time. What's also nice about these is you can wash them in the wash machine. Um, obviously not with the regular clothes, but they will wash, don't dry them. um, but they wash really nicely, or you can just take them and run them under a faucet and get the extra dirt off. Um, I recommend everybody have several pairs of these, usually in the same colors, because you're going to lose a glove. Um, somewhere along the line. What I like about this one is it's uh, a bright color. They come in uh, bright pinks and, and greens and purples. So you don't, you know, if you do lay them down, hopefully you'll you'll find them in your yard. Um, but the main thing about wearing garden gloves is making sure that they fit the person, um, that they fit snugly, but not too snug on your hand because you don't want them to slide off. Um, so buying a good quality glove is, is a good idea. Also making sure that your glove fits The task. So, the gloves I just showed you are gloves that would work well for weeding um, and general gardening purposes. Um, But if you have the rose gardener in your uh, midst, somebody who has a couple of rose plants, uh, I would really recommend something like this, uh, where it's protecting. Um, your hand as well as your forearm, because when you work with rose bushes, you're obviously reaching into them. Um, and these are leather, so they will protect your arm from getting all scratched up. Um, but again, making sure that they fit, fit fairly snug, um, but not too tight, obviously. Um, so this is one of the things I would recommend is garden gloves. Um, and you can get it all sizes and styles. I'd really recommend staying away from the the cheap economical cloth ones, they don't tend to hold up as well and um, just aren't as fun to work in. So <laughs> that's one of my go-to easy gifts and price range um, for the for the um, first ones I showed, the Atlas gloves can be around $5, whereas your leather gloves might be more 20, 30 on up. Um, so again, making sure that, that, that it fits the task that that gardener has, I think is a good idea.
2: So, Ken, do you wear gardening gloves? I don't usually, no. A couple of times I have, I've used um, repotting cactus. We have, and then we have some of the real fine spines and they kind of got embedded in there. And then my wife put the gloves on and <laughs> had a couple end up in her fingers. So yeah, <laughs> I, I probably well, should, but I don't typically use garden gloves.
0: You, you should, you should. So I, from like, you know, just health of your fingers standpoint, um, you know, you, you dug around in the soil, you know what happens when you get like a rock or sometimes like I've gotten like a piece of glass up in your fingernail. Oh, it hurts. It so I think I, that that's happened to me <laughs> enough times where I've started wearing uh, gardening gloves routinely. Uh, when I did landscaping, you know, we, we would never wear gloves because they wear out within a week, but I always had a pair of leather gloves in my back pocket because we would, it would never, never fail. The designer would always spec um, barberry, roses, and uh, eastern red cedars. Who do you think they called to plant those? <laughs> the horticulture guy. So I had those leather gloves on me all the time because, yes, uh, I mean to save my fingers from becoming pin cushions.
3: The other two types of gloves that folks may consider as well. Um, As you just mentioned, a pair of leather gloves, I use those particularly when raking or, you know, getting a lot of um, heavy debris out of the garden. Uh, But also, if you know that person in your family that um, uses insecticides or any herbicides, um, in our particular case, you know, we have 33 acres. So we're trying to get rid of honeysuckle and autumn olive. Um, Having a good pair of chemical gloves to wear when Mm -hmm. you're using, when you're operating a sprayer of any type would also be a a good thing. Well, really a recommended thing for, for folks to have as well.
0: I know another really great gift. And I think Katie, you had mentioned this before is one of your favorite tools, right? Was it, um, it was a soil knife, right?
3: Yeah. Yep. Super handy. Here so, we so
0: Jennifer has one of those right there. Awesome. Uh,
3: what's great about the soil knife is uh, this particular one has a measuring on it. So if you're planting bulbs, for example, you can actually see how deep you're going. You're you planting. It also has a, a pretty razor sharp edge, serrated edge on the one side, and then a notch on the other side. So the notch is good for cutting things open. Um, so is the razor side, but they're pretty, these are pretty sharp. Um, also recommend if you're going to have one is to get the pouch to go with it. That has a belt loop on it. So you can put that on your belt and store that. Um, initially though these are usually pretty darn sharp so you need to be careful with them when pulling them out of there Uh, but they are great tools for for digging weeds popping out uh, dandelions what have you out of your garden Um, they're great for planting your tomatoes and all of your little seedling plants Um, just an all-around really good tool to carry out in the garden when you go and what i like about this particular one um, i do have this one which is more expensive and then i also have a cheaper one, or I shouldn't say cheaper, inexpensive one, Um, does about the same thing. It's not quite as sharp though, Um, but I like this one the best because it has an orange handle. So again, if you lay it down in the garden, it's easy to find. So color is important. Or if you don't have the orange handle and it's, for example, the one I have is blue, put a piece of of, uh, tape around it that's a bright color. That would be helpful too.
2: And and some of them come with a notched end too. So if you're cutting dandelion weed or something like that. <clears throat> They're nice to cut with.
1: And these
3: can again be purchased at your local garden centers. A lot of your hardware stores carry these. Um, so it's not necessary unless you want to to order them online, but you can kind of support local by buying local with this tool as well.
0: And then something that I- I always have on me I mean literally they were in my car I just ran and grabbed them right before the show started is uh, a pair of pruners right here so a pair of hand pruners and you kind of got to know the person that you're giving these to right Jennifer I mean would you give a very fancy pair of pruners to someone who loses them all the time or is abusive to them
3: well that would be me no I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you do you do need to be mindful of that so if if their gardening style is to tend to lay things down and not store them in the same place each time and misplace them um, you might go for the cheaper pair but if it's that gardener who's really dedicated does a good job keeping their tools clean and stores them properly and remembers where they lay them down um, i really recommend going a little bit higher um, end on those and looking for ones there are companies that sell them that they have replaceable parts so you can actually, if the blade gets um, broken or um, something happens to the blades, you can actually replace those. Um, that's, that's a really, really good idea. But also as you showed, Chris, having that, um, the carrier, the pouch to go with it, that, that you can put that on your belt as well, mm-hmm. will help you from hopefully laying those down and forgetting where you laid them. Um, but the nice thing about the, the pricier ones is if you do lay them down, They tend to get a little weathered outside and rusted if you use a good emery cloth or file on those um, they pop right back usually and stay pretty sharp for a long time.
0: This is my this is my tool that I have on me almost all the time even when I'm you know when we were traveling all over the state giving programs you never know when you're going to need a good set of hand pruners so (laughs) I would highly recommend those.
3: The other thing on pruners to be mindful of is knowing what size of a branch or what somebody's going to use to, uh, or what they're going to be cutting with the tool. Um, the smaller hand pruners are good for about a one inch diameter branch on down. Uh, if you're going to be doing bigger than that, making sure you have the appropriate tools for that. So a pair of loppers be a little bit bigger than that. Um, generally recommend that most home gardeners have a, a electric um, chainsaw or, you know, or not chain, but you can get electric mm-hmm. or gas powered, but have a chainsaw. Um, Usually, when you get to the chainsaw, you waited a little bit too long. Um, But also, having a good pair of loppers. Uh, My favorite loppers. I didn't uh, bring them with me today, but my favorite pair is a ratcheting pair. um, That it doesn't take as much effort to make that cut because you you cut a little bit, it ratchets, and then you can cut a little bit more. Um, It's a slow, a little bit slower process, but the ratcheting helps folks like myself that may not have as much strength to be able to cut, you know, a one and a half per inch branch or so with those.
2: And when it comes to pruners, should you be looking for a bypass or the anvil?
3: Um, typically I look for bypass um, with the hand pruners, the, the loppers I was talking about, those actually the ones I have are anvil, but because they're ratcheting, they're not, um, they're making a clean cut. Um, But uh, bypass pruners typically make a good clean cut for you, whereas an anvil tends to crush. So anvil is where that's bypass where they're passing each other. Anvil is where the two blades are meeting in the middle. Um, And uh, sometimes those will crush. So uh, do pay attention to that as well.
0: Another uh, interesting uh, gardening gift uh, that you could give, Jennifer, I mean, maybe something that has more to do with like entertainment uh, in, in the wintertime what would be something like that
3: uh, well you know for example this year I have several folks on my list who have said I don't buy me any clothes don't don't buy me any more things to lay around the house so you know trying to be a little bit more creative and thinking outside of the individual um, what else can you do to benefit benefit maybe a critter? Um, and thinking about butterflies you know birds bees pollinators um, all that as we enter the winter season is something that people can be mindful of and one of those uh, gifts could be a a bird feeder and the food to go with it Um, that's I think is a great gift provided that person has the yard and has the ability to get out and fill those feeders and um, pay attention to them but it but it also is little bit self-serving to the individual because they can enjoy them. I know um, this year I, uh, when we all uh, were working from home, um, I used my kitchen table and I was able to identify and actually marked in a bird book. So that would be another gift to go along with that bird feeder is a good um, identification book on birds, uh, but I identified over 20 different birds at my feeders and that was pretty exciting. I made a little note card and jotted down everything that I saw at those feeders throughout the day and, and actually took some really good pictures at the same time. So, um, but that, that is going back to the, the bird feeders and um, the food, making sure that um, you're also buying for the birds that you think might be in that area for that individual. Um, Hummingbird feeders would be another idea, though we're not putting out those at this time of year. Those are something that we put out in the spring. Um, And I mentioned the hummingbird feeders or oriole feeders as well. Um, When you purchase those, my recommendation would be to put a little note card with it or print something off the Internet that explains how to properly feed your hummingbirds and orioles. And that is not with the commercially purchased colored um, food that liquid that you find. So I'm um, just giving them a recipe for the simple sugar, sugar to water ratios that they would need for those feeders would be also a good idea. So, so
2: here's, sorry, go ahead. Ken. So I grabbed one of my, the bird feeder we have at our house. We've got one of these larger um, ones where they have these individual perches that they can go in and s- split sides. So you could put different kinds of bird seed on there if you want, we just do um, the sunflower seeds um, in our yard. and. And with that one, that can last for, for several days until the squirrels find it. And then sometimes it's refilling it almost every day, but that that can last a little bit longer because it's fairly large sized.
3: Yeah. And you can get them in all price ranges from the hummingbird feeder that might run you around $10 on up to actually a couple hundred dollars for some feeders that are, that can be pretty elaborate. Um, and then buying those, sometimes people will buy the, either the steak to put them on or in a baffle um, to try to detour the squirrels from, from eating off your feeders as well. But the squirrels got to eat too. So
0: sort of along that vein, um, it, this has been sitting in my windowsill for a few years uh, when Kelly Alsop, uh, also a, a colleague of ours, she came to our unit to uh, show us how to make uh, gifts in the form of a, Uh, I think a pollinator hotel so we made these little boxes and we used stuff them and this was as pine cones some moss and just some wood shavings and things like that so um, it's super adorable and you would just set this outside or hang it outside and give this as a gift so that's just something that you could even make just at home um, and and give that to to a gardener
3: that's a great idea
0: it, there are some other gifts also um, very popular to give to gardeners are houseplants. And so, Katie, I know you—you kind of you might have some of the the more better collection than than us here. So, what do you have in terms of houseplant possibilities?
1: Yeah, so I love houseplants. Um, succulents have become a lot more popular lately, and since we're all staying at home, um, that's a nice option if you want to give some friends succulents. He can find a cool pot and plant it there. Uh, Succulents are kind of hard to take care of. So if uh, this person or the person that you're gifting to, um, if they don't like take care of plants so well, um, that may not be the best option. You could also give some things such as aloe vera. So aloe vera is a little more easy to take care of. And it also has some additional properties that are nice. So if they have any cuts or burns, They can uh, pull off aloe vera and use that for that so it's kind of a dual purpose you're helping take care of them as well as giving a nice gift
0: i got an aloe vera as a present earlier this month and they wrote on the clay pot it said aloe be back <laughs> ah. <laughs> I don't know I just giggled a lot when I saw that so I thought yeah. it was hilarious
1: and a fun thing about house plants too is it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving so if you give a gift of a house plant and it grows and gets larger sooner or later you can separate the plant and give it to someone else so that's always a fun thing to do too
0: exactly oh and I thought of another one if you're doing a succulent to a friend give them a little led light To put on the (laughs) succulents for the winter. There Um, you go. Yes. Especially the neglectful houseplant person.
3: (laughs) (laughs) To to go along with that, Katie, um, you're right. Knowing what that person's ability to care for the plants, their skill level would be. Uh, another thing you could do is provide a little index card or card again, or something you print off from the Internet that provides the care information for that particular plant or where it likes to grow. Um, I think probably the easiest, most foolproof plant for every, everybody would be a, a snake plant or a type of a, a smaller Sansevieria plant. Those thrive on neglect. You can actually let them go a couple of weeks without watering them. They're happier not being watered than being overwatered, and they can go about in any sunlight location. Um, they like a part, you know, partial light to, uh, you know, a little bit darker. They can thrive in your office space or your home office as well. So be another thought.
0: And refer your friend to extension, you know, so they can learn about plants and how to take care of them and can even buy some books. Um, So extension, we have a lot of information. This is from a specialist, uh, extension specialist in Washington state. So uh, Linda Chalker Scott, how plants work. Uh, It's a book that I've used in the past for teaching classes. And I think whether you're new or old to gardening, uh, you know, books like this are really
1: useful.
3: I would agree. And to go along with that, Chris, I would mention um, if you're Buying plant books that for outdoor plants, you need to be a little bit careful about the source of that information and where that's coming from. Um, an author from California might have a different viewpoint on a plant than an author from Illinois or Iowa, or Indiana or central Illinois. Um, also looking at what the author um, credentials are. Um, with the University of Illinois, Uh, We do have a website called Pubs Plus where you can order books that are written by um, either extension staff or specialists from campus. Um, Some of them are a little bit older, but the information is still very good. This one in particular is Small Fruits. It's um, less than $10 book that you can order from our University of Illinois Pubs Plus. Um, I really recommend this for anybody who has any small fruits, blueberries, blackberries, gooseberries, rhubarb. This is a great... Um, small booklet that has lots of great information on those small fruits. And then if you've got somebody that's gotten into walking, um, particularly in nature areas, um, this book here is Forest Trees of Illinois, and it helps uh, people identify what would be native trees of Illinois that you're going to find more in those forested areas. Um, although we see a lot of honeysuckle and olive, olive which aren't native, are well, not in this book, but a lot of the the native trees are all the native trees are in this book and that can be purchased from the University of Illinois pubs plus as well Um, so they uh, there's lots of other good books on there I don't have them all with me there's a vegetable really good vegetable gardening book that was recently updated in the last couple of years that I would highly recommend you know there's a lot of folks out there who've just gotten into vegetable gardening this year and that would be a great tool for them to have.
0: Kind of on that note, our, a lot of different, uh, extension offices our, our volunteers, master gardeners, master naturalists. We do have fundraiser items for sale. And so an example of that, um, as I hawk my wares here is this, uh, spearhead spade that we sell as a fundraiser for our McDonough County master gardeners. You can purchase things like this online on our website. Um, and we can leave links to pubs plus and to uh, the spearhead spade website, uh, on the information below.
1: And for those that are on a limited budget, um, I saw a really cool idea. I saw someone take uh, paper and water and blend that up. And then they added seeds to it. And then they made it into a mat. And they made Christmas cards out of it. Um, So if you're not able to give uh, something that's of high monetary value, that's something easy and less expensive that you can make too. That's cool.
0: So they, they embedded seeds in there. So could it be like a plant your card thing?
1: Yeah. That's yep. cool. You know how you can get like the seed balls or um, seed mixes, something like that.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. I, I I was at a wedding once where they made hearts out of that seed paper. And then I'm sure that the church a few weeks later is like, why are all these weeds popping up? They
2: <laughs> so were throwing
0: them out as they walked out of the church. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was pretty deep. We should have done it at a prairie or something, maybe.
3: (laughs) And Katie, to go along with that, that's a good point. Not everything has to have a monetary value attached to it. Um, Other things you can do is offer to do some yard work for that person for the during, obviously probably more during the summer. But I always encourage my kids, you know, when it's my birthday or Christmas, I'd rather you wash dishes, go out and rake the leaves, do some yard work than to buy me a gift of something that I probably won't use. And they remind me that often when I, they get me something and I don't use it. So um, getting, giving just a gift of your time is always very nice to have as well. Um, or, you know, mail them a gift card for, if they're into vegetable gardening this year, you can mail them a gift card or money to buy seeds from a t- particular place. Um, there's other things you can do as well. Um, but I think always, you know, as well, if you give if you're going to give a plant, um, be willing, that's going to go outside, be willing to help a person plant that plant as well as is, is a nice gift.
0: So also in terms of like, the thing I use quite a bit, um, now that I can't wear ball caps, usually because I haven't cut my hair for a long time. Um, I, I like using big, broad rim sun caps. So Jennifer, what do you think? Oh, I like it. Fashionable. Very so nice. This,
3: this is actually one of the Christmas gifts that my children bought, brought, bought for me. It's actually pretty clean because I forget to put it on sometimes, which again, they reminded me the other day that I don't always remember to wear it, <laughs> but I thought it was, this was, this was a meaningful gift. Uh, my kids went along with me to a program where I gave a garden day many years ago and I was mentioning garden items that you should have. And I mentioned hats and so they their dad they knew the perfect gift for their mom for 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 her birthday and that was the hat so this one is actually a tilly hat which usually we don't promote brand names but this one and i do mention that because this one is a guaranteed hat it's going to cost a a pretty penny um, but it has a guarantee attached to it Um, that's actually a warranty right inside the cap so um, it is good because it um, does have the chin strap so you can you know take it off and still know where it's at but it also has a little bit wider brim one of the gifts I gave my dad actually last year he's had some issues with um, getting um, little spots from from the sun um, but this hat here actually has a flap that goes down the the back of your neck to to protect your neck from that as well. The brim is not as wider in the front, not as wide on the sides, but there are many styles of hats that you can get for folks, Um, but that's really usually a really nice gift. something with a wider brim um, that can protect your ears, your face, and your neck Mm -hmm. as well.
0: You know, with the buffalo gnats being such an issue in my oh. neck of the woods in the spring, I got the hat, the the wide brimmed hat that has the net that folds down and uh, I love it.
3: Yes. I almost grabbed that. I was there in our, in with this, this hat right next to these hats as well. Uh, but that's a great thing to have with the yeah. buffalo gnats. And then a little, little later this summer um, when we had the hoover flies that tend to bug you when you're outside as well.
0: Ken, do you wear hats? Uh, you, you
2: probably don't have to worry about the sun being redheaded and fair skinned, correct? Yeah, I'm not really a hat person, but as my hair has become less thick over the years, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wear them more and more. And sunscreen, sunscreens a good gift too. Oh yeah, especially if you have redheads in your life.
0: Well, um, maybe we'll uh, uh, send a message to Beck and the kids that uh, a big hat for their dad coming up this Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a lot of fantastic information about gardening gifts. Uh, I can say after listening to all of that, um, you know, I, I could use all of that. Uh, I don't know, Katie, Ken, anything on the list there that that you think, ah,
2: I need that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll take one of each. Yeah.
2: Sam, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely one that sometimes pruners get left out, so I need some new pruners. Um, I'm looking forward to my, what plant I'm going to get this year from my kids, so to see what they pick well yeah i'm excited to know what they pick because
0: ken's uh kids are pretty imaginative when it comes to plants especially when they picked cotton and peanuts to grow this last summer so um pretty cool and you can tack on a skid steer and a greenhouse for my list so <laughs> i'll take i'll take one of those yes chipper shredder uh, chipper shredder core aerator <laughs> shed <sighs> tractor yeah I got a got a big list. <laughs> I don't I need I need more wealthier friends and family though. <laughs> oh well, that was a lot of great information, though. So thank you, Jennifer. That uh, we do have a couple of client questions though coming in. So, Jennifer, would you mind helping us answer some of these? Sure. All right, awesome. Well, I'll go ahead and read these often. Uh a lot of them come from social media, and our first one comes from Facebook. Um, so Jennifer, they're asking. What is a fast-growing and clean tree? So they don't want it to drop a bunch of stuff, uh, and they're in central Illinois. They're looking to replace a few trees that had to be cut down. So, uh, what are your thoughts about a fast-growing and clean tree?
3: Well, that's a that's a difficult question to ask because fast growing typically means weedy which also means lots of debris or you're going to be be cutting it down in 15 years or so because it's going to get a lot of pest issues so fast growing and clean don't don't usually go to together very well it depends on if they're looking for a smaller tree or a large tree as to options that they would have available that would be more of the medium growth rate with few Um, issues, I guess, as far as dropping things. My all-time favorite would be serviceberry. Anytime I'm thinking of planting, I'm thinking of serviceberry because it's a four seasons plant, meaning it has an interest throughout the year um, and it's bark, it's flowers, um, it's fall color, it's fruit. Um, But that one grows about 20 to 30 feet tall, medium growth rate. So that that would be my go-to if I'm I was just going to pick one plant to put into my yard that would be it. Another one that's on the taller side would be a Kentucky coffee tree but making sure it's the male form as the male doesn't drop the seed pods that the female will and those have a medium growth rate and grow about 55 to 75 feet tall. But I will mention if um, someone wants the full array of possibilities uh, the University of Ellen Extension partnered um, with many, many organiz- reputable organizations and put together an under-the-canopy brochure, which is available at our extension offices when we're open, um, but it could also be mailed out to someone and that has that is a must-go with every new tree that somebody plants. It gives you all the information on how to plant the tree, how to care for it, um, and that kind of things and yeah. recommendations.
2: I
0: love Under the Canopy. Unfortunately, no digital copy is available, but uh, we have lots of hard copies that we want to send to you. So please let us know. Yeah, I have an office full of boxes. <laughs> I want to get those out to people because it's fantastic information. Uh, one of the landscaping strategies that we would often do is we would plant a fast growing tree a uh, little bit near, not not against the house, but near to the house and then a bit farther away. That's where we'd put the slower growing trees. So we'd say use like a, a birch it be a little bit faster growing. And then farther away, we would do an oak, which is much slower growing. And then kind of with the idea that eventually you're going to cut down that fast growing tree and allow the slower growing tree to kind of take over that space. So that's one strategy uh, a lot of landscapers do employ. It kind of makes the yard look fuller, faster. Just something we all want that instant gratification. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Uh, and I love Kentucky coffee tree. One of my favorites out there. Uh, so Ken, our next question, this comes from Knox County. and this is an interesting one, and uh, but it's not a rare one. Uh, we, we get these kind of commonly. So this person's having a dispute with their neighbor over a tree that uh, was in their neighbor's yard. I guess limbs are hanging over. They say the tree's not healthy. they want they want some work done. Um, they want to know who is the person to contact to get recommendations on what to do with large trees but they don't want this person to sell unnecessary
2: work. So reputable. So your best bet's probably gonna be talk to an arborist. Um, and if you go to TreesAreGood, it's either .com or .org. Um, that's the International Society of Arboriculture, and they'll have listings of, of certified arborists on there. You can search by zip code um, and find what arborists are near you, that'd probably be the best way to go um, for getting a tree assessment as to whether or not you need some pruning or the tree needs to be taken down and if if the dispute gets real ugly and you know may need to get a lawyer or something but hopefully it doesn't get to that point but I would I would go with the arborist first and then and see what they have to say and hopefully they can get get their disagreement figured out
0: uh arborists do sometimes get used to being on in a courtroom because sometimes they are asked to uh give their expert opinion on things. So yeah, certified arborist, that is the way to go. And I think it is uh, uh, treesaregood.org. I just looked that up. So yeah, check it out. They have a find an arborist feature. All right, our next question, this one comes from Facebook once again. They wanna know about GMOs, genetically modified organisms. Um, They're asking uh, about local soybean meal. Uh, They wanna know, would it be safe to put this into their organic compost uh, to, uh, to, to compost that and then put it on their vegetables? Would their vegetables still be organic? Mm-hmm. So Katie, what, what is the answer to this uh, controversial question?
1: So if you are certified organic, uh, you typically can't add anything into your system that is not considered organic. So by, by adding those genetically modified soybeans to your compost pile, uh, you would be adding GMOs, and so it would no longer be considered organic. Um, so I would not suggest that if you are sort of certified organic. If you're just growing it for your own personal use, and you consider it an organic um, compost and organic vegetables, and you're okay with adding uh, that soybean meal that's genetically modified, you're fine to do that. There's nothing bad that can happen. Um, Some things to know is typically with DNA degradation um, that happens about 190 degrees Celsius. And so with our compost pile temperatures, we're not reaching that temperature. So we wouldn't expect that that would be breaking down any of the TMOs in the soybean meal. Um, So there is the potential of that still being present.
0: Excellent, thank you, Katie. Um, our next question, uh, Jennifer, this is for you. So um, they're uh, wondering, uh, they have a limelight hydrangea and it being December right now, uh, it is blocking the view uh, to to their home and where they've hung a wreath on the outside. They wanna know, can they prune that hydrangea right now to open up that view? And uh, they wanna know, will it still bloom next year?
3: Well, that's a good question. Uh- An easy answer would just be to say, there's an old saying that you can prune anytime the saw is sharp. Um, But generally we would recommend uh, pruning uh, after something has bloomed. So if something blooms in the spring, like a forsythia, you wanna prune that after it's done blooming because Uh, you don't want to remove the flower buds for the next season, so it's blooming on old wood. In the case of the limelight, it's blooming on new wood, so you could prune that now and you would would still get blooms for the following season. Ideally, though, we would really recommend that you wait till um, spring before it greens up to to do that pruning when it's still dormant um, to do that pruning, and then ultimately, my recommendation for folks is don't go to a garden center and just buy a pretty plant because it's pretty, Um, buy it because you know it fits your space. So if you can plan ahead, do a little bit of homework and research. Uh, The reason I say that is limelight will grow um, seven to eight feet tall. So it's a pretty large shrub. Um, And if you didn't want um, that tall of a shrub purchase, um, which one did you say, Chris?
0: Oh yeah. Those, you can do little
3: lime. That's, little you know, lime. that's the dwarf that's right.
0: version, but that's still a big, it, I mean, it's a big shrub. Yeah. They're, they're all big. Mm-hmm. Yes.
3: Yeah, surprisingly, hydrangeas as a group are all pretty good sized shrubs. It's very difficult to find one that grows only, you know, three, three or four feet tall. They, they get pretty, pretty good size. So plant selection is always really important um, to think before you, before you, buy it before you plant it. It may be only a foot tall in the container when you buy it, but they grow pretty quickly. So keeping that in mind and also placement, you know, if you you want to place it one side of a window or another, making sure that you plan for how wide that plant is going to get so that you know that it's not going to block a window view or what have you. But to answer her question, she could prune it now. um, But the long answer I just provided might help people when you're planning for the future.
0: Always plan for the mature size, not for what you see in the nursery. Correct. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Jennifer. Our, our last question for today, this comes from uh, Warren County. So that what happened here is it uh, looks like this person, uh, they augured, so they used a, a soil or ground auger to install several dwarf apple trees. They did it this fall they've noticed the trees have settled and now the graft which is the the graft between the rootstock and the above ground scion or above ground growth is below the soil line and we always want that above the soil line. So uh, can they want to know can these trees be dug up and reset at the proper height right now?
2: Yeah so since they just planted these trees it would be okay to, to kind of dig those up and reset those and the reason you don't want that graft below that soil line is because that, that rootstock is what's going to be causing that tree to dwarf. So by burying that, that your scion, the, the part you're growing for the apples, that's going to potentially root. And then you're going to get a standard size tree, which could be 20, 30 feet tall. So you're going to want to raise that up so you get that dwarfing. Um, you know, if this had been, this tree was several years old, that's going to be a little more difficult to do, but since it's newly planted, they shouldn't have too many issues um, resetting that. Just kind of be care, careful. That's probably started to root into the soil a little bit. So be kind of careful taking that out. You're not trying to damage the roots too much. Um, and in the future, you know, if you're only planting a handful of trees, may not want to use an auger. A lot of times you tend to dig a little too deep using those. So um, just use a hand sh- shovel um, instead. If you've got hundreds of trees you're doing, you yeah, auger is probably going to be a little bit better. Just to save some time. You're not doing too many. Just do the hand shovel or just a regular shovel. All right. Well, that was a
0: lot of great information today. Uh, gifts for gardeners. Uh, so I, I think we all have a, a full list uh, here today. So Jennifer Fishburn, horticulture educator, U of I Extension. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
3: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, and of course, we cannot forget the Good Growing Podcast is produced by Wendy Ferguson and edited by me, Chris Enroth. Thank you so much to our intrepid co-hosts, Katie Parker and Ken Johnson, for steering us through the trepidation, the the trepidation, uh, trying to think of T words, I can't. Anyway, so uh, for uh, finding out gifts for the people that are uh, mean the most to us in our lives. Katie, Ken, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Jennifer, for all the gift ideas. I have a lot of shopping to get done. And thank you, Chris and Ken. It's always good to see you guys.
2: Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Chris and Katie. Let's go listen to some Christmas music and do this again next week.
1: <laughs> we could listen
0: to it now, Ken, but we can't listen to it in July. And yes, we shall do this again next week, Ken, uh, who likes to listen to Christmas music any time of the year. Um, we are going to be joined by Robert Richardson. He's the president of the Illinois Christmas Tree Association. We're going to be talking about the um kind of the, the blockbuster year for christmas trees and uh, kind of what is it like to grow christmas trees here in illinois and so listeners thank you for doing what you do best and that is listening or if you're on youtube watching and as always folks keep on growing